Welcome back to another episode of Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. In today's episode, we'll just cover some of the more recent National Signing Day news for college football. We got some pretty big news to uh, go over, so let's start out with some national news from uh, 247 Sports. First up, we had a four-star offensive tackle, Savion Bird. He's number 62nd in the nation. Overall, he committed to Oklahoma. Big pickup for the Sooners there. Four-star quarterback Jackson Dart. He is the 103rd-ranked player in the nation. He committed to Southern Cal. A four-star DB, Demarius McGee, committed to LSU. A four-star running back, Donovan Edwards, committed to Michigan. He is a top-50 player, big pickup for Michigan. Four-star linebacker, Xavier Sori. He's the 21st-ranked player in the country. He committed to Georgia. Five-star D-tackle, Mason Smith, number 18 in the country, committed to LSU. A four-star quarterback, Jake Garcia, top 50 player in the country, committed to Miami. A four-star running back, Armani Goodwin, committed to LSU, a top 100 player. And a four-star defensive end, Toonmice Adelaide, a top 40 player, committed to Texas A&M. And that's our big news for National today. All right. And let's just discuss, as far as the National headline, Alabama goes into the day expecting to keep 22 commits. They end up dominating the day, flipping two from Arch Nemesis LSU. Kenu Code is 6'6, 225 pound linebacker, defensive end. A nice steal right there. But the talk of the day was a surprising out of left field flip in JoJo Earl to the University of Alabama from LSU. There's three kids in the country right now who can be labeled as the fastest that's Christian Leary. JoJo Earl and Xavier Worthy, and two of those three are committed to Alabama. So what a day they had. They've secured the probably best receiving class in the nation, the best offensive line class in the nation, and they're still working on the DB and the defensive line class, which also looks to be a dang good class considering they have number three defense tackle and a five-star committed, the number one defensive end and a five-star committed. So we'll see what they're doing. They're still in the hunt for JTT Tumalala. And uh, out of the West Coast, so that's going to be huge for them. And uh, but Georgia had a big day as well, picking up a lot. Uh, right now they're sitting at number three. They're just secured a top three class the way it's going right now, which was huge for them. And LSU, they continue the good week after a win over Florida. They lose two key players, but they pick up a lot, and they keep Sage Ryan, the five-star safety. And a five-star defensive tackle, Mason Smith, inside the state of Louisiana, which is huge. Brady, my question for you is, why does a recruit commit to LSU and go there for three to four years knowing that he won't be able to play in any postseason bowl games for his entire tenure at LSU? He must just uh, – Edo must have just gave him a really good talk or something or he's getting that money out. Who knows? I don't know why he would do that, but – I mean, LSU, they can recruit. Edo's not a bad recruiter, and we'll see what happens with that kid. Uh, one thing I'd like to talk about about Georgia is that they got a five-star quarterback, the number one outside linebacker out of IMG, and a, just a pretty solid class all around. They've got ball players all around coming coming for this team. They got a lot of good uh, offensive linemen as usual. They got some uh, DBs uh, and uh, D linemen too as well. Georgia's going to look good these next few years if these players develop like they're supposed to. Should be uh, another good recruiting year for the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, let's talk about uh, Clemson. Clemson gets a big commitment in state recruit, Will Taylor. He's a quarterback, 
and for uh, Dutch Fork, but we have him compared to Julian Edelman. He's a 5'10", 157-pound prospect. He'll probably end up moving to wide out at Clemson. He's also going to be playing baseball for him. Look for him to have a solid career. But Clemson has a big day. They secure two five-star commitments and 14 four-stars. They're sitting at number five in the nation right now, just behind the LSU Tigers. Uh, they had a really big day as well. Uh, you love to see it. They really dominated the state of Georgia with Barrett Carter, and uh, the five-star linebacker from Georgia, they pick up Nathaniel Wiggins, the number from Georgia. He's a 6'2", 170-pound cornerback. He's the number seven cornerback in the nation. So they really dominated the state of Georgia. They got Dakari Collins as well, a big wide receiver. And North Carolina, they dominate the state of North Carolina in emphatic fashion, picking up Will Shipley, a five-star running back, number one all-purpose back in the class, who many compare to Christian McCaffrey. Then they sneak down, pick up Peyton Page, a 6'4", 360-pound defensive tackle who this time last year was a five-star. He's dropped down to number 93 in the nation, though, after a not-so-hot junior and senior season, but he still looks pretty good. And with that saying, they also got Zaire Patterson, a weak-side defensive end from North Carolina. So they really dominated the state. Uh, they, they dominated everywhere they needed to go. They got the athlete they wanted out of South Carolina. Clemson just with an amazing class again. But we can't talk national recruiting without talking about the number two class in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're one five-star away from Alabama. Alabama has six. They have five. Let's do a little class breakdown. They got Jack Sawyer, a five-star strong side defensive end. He's the number three player at his position, but he's also the number four player in the country, just a strong, strong side defensive end class this year. Next out, they pick up the number one wide receiver in the nation, Emika Agbuka. He was supposed to be going to Oklahoma, many thought, joining uh, Caleb Williams in that talented Sooners class, but he decides to keep it with the Buckeyes. Next up, they got the number one offensive guard, Donovan Jackson, and the number one running back, Travion Henderson. Then they also have Kyle McCord, the number three quarterback, and also a five-star. This class is shaping up to be pretty good. It's not quite on the level of that Alabama class, but they still have a very solid class. And I'd also like to mention they also picked up Evan Pryor out of North Carolina, an all-purpose back. Huge get. But uh, with that said, what else you got to talk about for National Signing Day? Oh, well, I want to talk about something in-state real quick. Congratulations to Gaffney defensive tackle Tyreon Ingram Dawkins on committing to Georgia. He's a four-star defensive tackle. Look for him to to help out this Georgia team as that's a big big, um, improvement for Georgia on the D-line. And a, uh, a big accomplishment for not only Gaffney High School, but the state of South Carolina, yeah. getting somebody to go to a top defense in the country. Yeah, uh, Channing Tendall did a few years ago out of Columbia, but this is just another testament to how good of a defensive state South Carolina is. I just want to give you a stat right quick. They had Ingram Dawkins go to Georgia and Justice Boone from Sumter go to Florida, okay? That's two top defensive linemen in the country going to Florida and Georgia. We don't see that a lot. That's big time. That's big and we time. also had Jatias Greer from Belton Honeyapath go to Syracuse. Not as quite as big time as the other two, but that's still a big time commitment for the state of South Carolina. But let's give a rundown. North Carolina comes in and just dominates at will the state of South Carolina, picking up J.J. Jones, our number one rated receiver uh, in, in the state of South Carolina. In a star-studded class as Yes, well. in a star-studded class. Uh, we like to compare this kid to Brian Edwards, the old South Carolina command. He's really a deep threat. They can do it all. So uh, that's a big-time get from North Carolina. Next up, we got Kobe Pazior. Kobe Pazior from Gaffney is another one, another player on this Gaffney team who was just loaded this year. Once again, he commits to North Carolina. 
We have him listed as your athletic route running type of receiver. We compare him to Eastern Michigan wide receiver and former Burns High School standout Braylon Collins. He's a nice receiver as well. Next up in the state, we had Joshua Burrell commit to Florida State. A 6'2", 212 dude. He's nice. This guy right here is our version of Debo Samuel this year. A 6'2", 212-pound all-purpose receiver. He does it all. He's athletic. He's big. He's got that stocky running back frame, but watch for him to have a good season. And then we had Amari Huggins-Brice. He's a Bruce Ellington clone. At 5'10", 163, he's a slot guy. Look for him to have a good year at Louisville next year. This was a deep wide receiver class for the state. Next up, we had Robbie Utes, though. The Alabama commit, probably the biggest commitment in the state on offense. The tight end, 6'4", 240 from Rock Hill. What a season he's had. Congratulations to the top seven players in the state. Yes, sir, Reed. Congratulations making South Carolina look dang good this year. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to some, to some uh, quarterbacks in South Carolina. We didn't see any quarterbacks go to super big programs this year, but this is a solid quarterback class all around. Uh, we'll go ahead and give you our top rankings for quarterbacks in the state this year. Uh, our number one QB in state this year was Zay Foster out of Dorman. He's 5'11", 185. He's a dual threat, run first. We compare him to Avery Davis, the backup Notre Dame QB. Moved to wide receiver. Moved though. to wide receiver. Zay Foster is going to be a ball player. We put him at first in state. Second up, a surprise maybe to many, the east side quarterback, Marshall Skoloff. He's 6'1", 190. He's just an all-out baller. His his pro comp is going to be Connor Shaw out of South Carolina, the old Carolina QB. Stetson University got a steal with Marshall Skoloff. I think he could have went to maybe a bigger program, but he might really love Stetson University. So watch out for Stetson to, to be a, uh, a contender in their division. Jamie Gamble out of Southside. He is not committed anywhere. He is 5'10", 190. He's a pro-style mobile quarterback. We compare him to Jacoby Brissett. He's a ball player. I watched him play Blue Ridge this year. He can run, but his main threat is his deep arm. He has great accuracy over there at Southside High School. At number four, we have Undre Lindsey out of Gaffney. He's 6'3", 190. Just great size for a quarterback. He's a pro-style mobile quarterback as well. He plays a lot like Jamie Gamble. He's just bigger. His pro comp is going to be Everett Golson. Next up, we have Will Taylor at a Dutch Fork. He's 5'10", 157. We compare him to Julian Edelman. We don't think he'll play quarterback. He'll probably switch over to receiver at Clemson. He also committed there for baseball as well, so he's an athlete. Michael McCord, 5'10", 170. His pro comp is Keegan Halloran. The PC quarterback. PC quarterback. And then rounding out our list is going to be Will Daniel, 6'2", 190. We compare him to Lawrence Scott. The former Burns quarterback. We... Neither one of them two went to big-time schools, but they were dang good quarterbacks in high school, and that's what we see a lot out of Will Daniel. He could have went somewhere, maybe, if he'd had played at a little bit of a better school, but we still like to show some love to our home state guys. So what a list we had this year for top 2021 quarterbacks. Yes, sir. Sure did. Let's go ahead and move to some college football games for this upcoming week. It is conference championship week, of course. Some good games, some not-so-good games, but either way, it's going to turn out to be fun. At least we have college football this week. Uh, first up, we have Bama and Florida, the SEC championship. What's your uh, take on this game, Jay? I'll be honest with you. I don't really see it being very competitive. Uh, I think Alabama is going to dominate this game like they have all season. Look for Florida to score more points than most teams on this defense, just with the wheel routes and the concepts with the running backs out of the backfield, as well as Kyle Pitts will be back. He's a matchup nightmare, but this Alabama defense, 
has forced turnovers in every game they've played. Look for them to do much of the same. We've seen a, we've seen it all year. I don't think Kyle Trask is that good when you can get to him. LSU did it, turned the ball over three times. I think this Alabama defense is starting to round into form at the right time. They got a nice, they got some nice edge rushers. Look for this team to come out on defense and just get some early stops. Go into halftime with like a 24-10 lead somewhere around there. And if it's 24-17, I still wouldn't be scared knowing Alabama has been known to play close, play good teams close in the first half. Then Nick Saban comes in with the halftime adjustments and just runs away in the second half. This should be another absolute ball game, though. Give me the Tide, 57 to 31. I think it'll be not really competitive in the first half, but it'll be a two-score game going into the uh, second half. I'm going to say it's going to be 24-14 at half. And then in the final, just Mac Jones is going to throw all over this Florida defense. Kyle Trask is going to have a – he's going to be in a nightmare back there in the pocket because Alabama's going to get constant pressure. Give me the Tide, 48-21. to 21 over this Florida ball team. Next up, we have Oregon and USC in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon's not even supposed to be in this game, but Washington can't play due to COVID. So uh, what's your thoughts on this USC-Oregon matchup? Well, I think Oregon got lucky. They're going to get to come in here and play against the USC team who has struggled against decent competition early in the season. I think if they can come out and show some solid defense, which Mario Cristobal is known for, and if this Oregon team can just get the coaching carousel out of their head, because you can't be worried about if your ball coach is about to leave you. Let's just play this game for him, make him even more, give him even more reasons to stay. I think they might can come out and put up a game against USC, but in the end, give me the Trojans, 34-21. I'm going to go with the Slovis-led Trojans, 28 28- 28-17 over this Oregon Ducks ball team. A uh, Next up, uh, the Big Ten Championship game between Northwestern Ohio State. We don't really have to break this one down for you. Everybody feels the same. Give me the Buckeyes, 49-17 to 17 over this Northwestern yeah, ball team. Yeah, give me the Buckeyes. I'm going to say 56-10. to 56-10, dominating win. The Big 12 Championship between Oklahoma and Iowa State. Iowa State is sixth in the country. Oklahoma is 10. What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm not very high on Iowa State, as many people know. A little bit higher on Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma comes in here and just plays a clean game, plays good. Brock Purdy's done it this season. Their running back's been good this season. I just don't think it's enough against this Oklahoma team. Lincoln Riley's going to come in and dial up some explosive plays early. We've seen Iowa State's not too good when they get down early. So uh, give give me Oklahoma, 42-35. Next up, we have the Mountain West Championship game between the Boise State Broncos. They are 5-1, and one, and they will play the 24th-ranked team in the country, the San Jose State Spartans. They are 6-0. and oh. How do you feel about this Mountain West game, Jay? San Jose State's been good all season, but this is a Boise State team who can just come out and play. They have the tradition. They have the coaches. I really like this Boise State rushing attack. they got a quality defense, although San Jose State has proved time and time again this season. Don't underestimate them. So... You're going to surprise everybody with this one. But give me San Jose State, 37-30. I'm leaning towards San Jose State, too. They have that big-time QB that transferred from Mississippi State. Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle. He's got experience. I'm going to go San Jose State as well, 24-21 over Boise State. Next up, Tulsa and Cincinnati. Cincinnati is ninth in the country. Tulsa's 23rd. This probably isn't going to be as good as a game as many hope for. Cincinnati's 8-0. Tulsa's 6-1. Tulsa does have big wins on the year, though. Um, 
I'm just gonna go Cincy 35-17 over this Tulsa Golden Hurricane team. Yeah, Desmond Ritter's just come out, gonna come out and have a field day. Give me Desmond Ritter and the Bearcats, 31-20. Next up, we have the third-ranked Clemson Tigers playing the second-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. A rematch. Clemson's gonna have Lawrence this time. Uh, they're gonna have their offensive line back for the most part, and they're gonna have a bunch of their defensive players back. They didn't have that in the first game. How you feel about this rematch, Jay? Yeah, the Trojans won the lottery the first time, but it's like everything else. Don't expect to win the lottery twice in one year. Give me the Clemson Tigers, 35-21, behind a big day on the ground. We haven't seen we haven't seen a big day behind this Clemson rushing attack all season, which is surprising. But I think Trevor's going to come out, manage the game well. I'm not saying he's a game manager, but he's going to come out and manage the game well. Throw some absolute dots when he has to. But look for this Clemson rushing attack to come out and prove all the haters wrong. I'm going to go with the Tigers 42-28. to Ian Book's still going to have a decent game, but Trevor Lawrence is just going to outduel him at the quarterback position. And the last conference championship game of the week is going to be the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Traveling to the 12th-ranked team in the country, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. This is a huge game. Winner is – if Coastal wins, they're going to a New York Six Bowl. If they lose, Cincy will take their place in a New York's New New Year's Six Bowl. I'm going with the Mullets over the Raging Cajuns, 35-25. to 25. Look, you're talking about a coaching clinic. Everybody get your pens out. Billy Napier versus Jamie Chadwell. This is going to be a showdown. Halftime adjustments should be crucial in this game. But in the end, the Mullets have more talent offensively, and I think that's what gives them the win behind Grayson McCall. 31-28. A great ball game there. And uh, we do have a few games that are just teams finishing out their year, which is looking like it's just going to be A&M and Tennessee playing this week. Is this going to be a blowout game, A&M versus Tennessee? Look for AM to that. AM's been getting hated on the past few weeks. They're trying to give the playoff committee something to put them in the top four. Look for AM to come and steamroll this Tennessee team 41 10. All right, and that's where we're going to wrap up today's episode of Birding the Cowboy Sports Talk. As always, feel free to share the podcast and to continue to help us grow our podcast as we plan to do some pretty big things here in the next few weeks and next few months. So, uh, again, thank you for listening to Birding the Cowboy Sports Talk.